Hi, this is Apostle Dr. Uh, this is Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology, welcoming you to the Tell It Like It Is, the Kingdom Way program today. And I will have my brother, Apostle Calvin Cook, and he'll come on in a few minutes. Um, but I want you to share this with all of your friends, families, enemies, all of the different people that you know, because what I'm going to try and do today is to get him to go forth and let's answer questions. You know, many times we keep saying, I, I was on a Zoom this morning, <clears throat> and a lot of the things that happen is, is that people uh, say, why are they doing that? Why don't they teach this? Why don't we do this? Some of those things that we're asking, why don't they do are things that it should be, why don't we do it? So one of the things, if, if people would ask, if you would uh, uh, text in, call in, um, uh, not just put on the message boards, but go on online. If I sound like I have a list, something's going on with my teeth, my, my mouth hurts. Um, and not from talking too much and whatever, you know, not from eating too much either. But at any rate, if we would start to ask the questions, talk about this, teach on this, then we would get a whole lot of the things done and we wouldn't have to criticize so much. Many of the times what we do is we spend a lot of our time talking about what the church does not do. And uh, I was reading uh, uh, in the book of James the other day, and I'm looking at James, Jesus's brother, not half brother, not part quarter brother, not any of those things. But I was looking at some of the things that he said, and you know the story. He didn't he didn't come into Christ, and he didn't believe in his brother while he was here in the earth. So when he was in the flesh, he really did not follow him. So he couldn't talk about all the miracles. He couldn't talk about all those things. But when he had a come to Jesus moment after Jesus was raised from the dead and he became uh, immersed in him and realized that his sonship was not from Joseph, that his sonship was from above also, then what happened is he, he pinned some of the most powerful things. And some of the things that he talked about was the fact when he was talking to the scattered people and he was talking about sonship. If we don't recognize who we are in Christ, now listen to that. If we don't recognize who we are in Christ, then we have a a a uh, we have a skewed view of who we are. Period. And as 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 uh, if we have a skewed view of who we are, then our lives are that way. Also, we start to think the way our first father Adam did. We we cease. We don't even look to start to think the way the Word of God says. And uh, Paul said this. I'm looking for the scripture. Paul said something. He says, we are letters. You and I are letters. Oh, here's my brother. Uh, we are letters that have been written, that things are written in us. And I really believe that what it, God is talking about is this, is that when he wove us before the foundation of the earth and he wove us, he wove that sonship into us, that he created us in a manner that people would be able to read us. So it's not just what we say, but it is what we do. And now that Apostle Calvin Cook is here, I will welcome him on and so that we can talk about, and I, I had told the people that we would see about answering some questions today. 
some of the things that people have asked, why don't they teach this? Why don't they teach that? Why don't they teach the other things? And if they would send in questions, if they would send in things that they wanted teaching on, as far as sonship and the kingdom of God goes, that you're you're the man, that you definitely the man. So <laughs> you ain't laughing at my humor. Anyway, so without any further ado, welcome, my brother. It's good to see you. Well, I had to change my studio again, so here I am. Got a got a better signal. That is here. so much better. Well, good, good, good. So I, I'm not sure if you got questions already, Doctor, or I mean, none. So no, I, I just I was just talking to them about it, and I, I and talking about you know a lot, what I was saying is this: we talk a lot, we've talked a lot, and you mentioned this and opening it up about what we're not, and today. And next week, I would like to start to talk about what we are when we start to look at it as to what we are, because we've broken it down as to what we're not and the things that we have done wrong. And so the things that we have done that has not gotten us to where it is we want to go. So let's talk about what we can actively do. I think we need to give people some tools. I think they haven't had the tools to work with. I may be wrong, but uh, I know you're the person to help them. Well, I know sometimes one of the worst things you could do is not have a question. Because uh, we know a lot of times you don't understand because you haven't been in an environment that has taught you uh, the principles of understanding spiritual truth. So it's a possibility that you could be in church and not understand a thing that's being said to you. And you say amen to that. That's what frightens me. You say amen without questioning. Uh, my wife and I said in years and every time pastor said something, she would kick me. She said, well, let's go check that out in the Word. And we would go home and we would check. And sometimes we found that it wasn't accurate. We didn't change churches. But we ourselves, we grew by not just sitting back being hearers and not become doers. And then we learned how to study the Word. And we went to Bible college and we tried that. And and uh, my wife is a, a, a you know type of person that she goes to school, she's going to get all A's. And that's what she did. And uh, the Lord spoke to me to get out of that Bible college because I was being contaminated. So I dropped out. And of course, when I did, she did as well. And uh, the Lord took me into a 15-month consecration with just me and him. He said, I'm going to teach you some things through some things that you're going to suffer. And I'm going to teach you some things that I want you to press into me till you find me. And then I become yours and you become mine. And from there, then now you can go learn. But you got to know me first. And then if you know me, it'll be not as easy to deceive you as some. Because you already know who I am. And you've gotten your identity by coming to me first, which is the kingdom. And, and, and no one told you that. But you knew that your life before me was miserable and horrible. And you wanted better than that. So you knew I was the only one that could give that to you. So I didn't let anybody get in my way. Uh, I sought the Lord about what to do. And he says, come to me 15 months. At first, he didn't give me any time. He just said, come to me. And I took it too far to where the pastor had to call me. He said, hey, man, you're down there every day. You need to go home. And so he broke my consecration. The only one that could break my consecration to God was the head pastor. And he sent me, because I was doing, I was pressing into God, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't care who knew or what. And I found him in the place where he said he would be, the secret place. 
And so I had to study on that. Some things, my life has changed in the last couple of days. And the Lord been dealing with me about some things I thought were very pertinent uh, for this program. And so I, I would like to talk about some of those things uh, that I found uh, when I went to Prayer Mountain. And we began to press in on Prayer Mountain. Always do, but there was an urgency to press this time. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the circumstances going on around or things God knew that were going to be happening. Because, you know, God will get you ready for things before they happen. He'll have you press so you'll be strong enough when the happening occurs. And so it won't catch you off guard or catch you out of character. He'll let certain things happen uh, because he prepares you for the happening is what I'm trying to say. And so where I, where I ended up in is I, I, I want, if Joe Henry has that picture just of the Holy of Holies, I'll tell you where he showed me that he's taken us. And Let and me, ask, a lot you one, let me yeah. ask you one question. Okay. You said you pressed into God and you did that. But you did not stop going to church. You did not stop tithing. You did not stop doing all of those things. You didn't recluse yourself so much that you uh, um, were not still a part in allowing him to work in you and with you at the same time, right? Well, no, I needed the people around me because they were part of the growth process of pressing in. Okay. Christ. You don't stop doing what you do. Uh, but you do press in. We have people who don't know how to, they leave everybody, leave their commitments, leave everything, Amen. leave the church in disarray, go on vacation, don't leave a tithe check. They know the church ha has to pay the bills and pay the lights and everything else. And they, they don't do that anywhere else, but they don't do that with the PG&E bill. They don't do it. And, and that tells you that the people haven't pressed into God. Because if okay, you did that, God would always be first in every decision that you make, you would acknowledge God in all of your ways and lean not on your own understanding because you are pushing the kingdom outside the walls of the church. And it takes finances, it takes diligence, perseverance, commitment, loyalty, and all those things that come out of pressing. That's what you get when you press into God. Yeah, you don't become see, a monk and get a monastery. You become a that's part. body. Part. Of that's the part. And, and I wanted to bring that up because I just heard, you know how the Spirit of God quickens something to you. People were, people were going to think about going ahead and pressing into him and closing everything else out. Nobody else. I'm not going to church. I'm not doing any of this because I'm pressing into God. I'm that's doing insanity. all that. That's, that's insanity. And that's what that's Muhammad did. That's, that's what insanity. When God said it, as he pleased, he set everybody in the body of Christ in a set place. You can't get out of that set place, and you can stay in that set place and still seek God. You don't have to run off from anybody uh, to be more spiritual or to come back saying, oh, I went away and I'm fasting 21. I'm so tired of people telling me how long they fast. And there's been no change in their life. There's been no change in their character. Uh, they're still doing the same things, but they have a badge of fasting or doing this. You're not supposed to even tell anybody that you're fasting unless it's a corporate fast. Or you don't get your reward. That's what it says in Matthew chapter 6. You lose your reward when you get to hearken and blowing your horn about what you're doing, particularly if you're blowing your horn and there's been no change in the horn blower. You're just wasting your time. And we don't want to do that. We want to see God and have rewards and benefits. And we want to see the, what we call the express manifestation of what we've done. Remember, the Lord says that for many that received him, he will give them power to become something. So the power of God has been given to the church to become an image of the Father. Amen.
That's the only image that, that Jesus uh, walked in. What I want to do today for a few minutes, if I can, uh, we've been going at this thing about the, 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 the grapes and the cluster and the crushing and all that. It's what the Lord was showing me that it's in that that he, let me read it out of Isaiah. I think that's the best way to do it. Isaiah 65, he makes a statement about crushing of the grape. And this is a man uh, on prayer mountain. Uh, I drove the water. Uh, I was so caught up that morning. I headed, I went to Saratoga instead of prayer mountain. And you know prayer mountain because you were one of the ones that purchased that mountain for the prayer mountain that people don't know that it was your finances that helped build that mountain. Of course, you didn't tell anybody that. Maybe you didn't want me to say that, but it was you. You and you and yeah, that's right. I, people don't know, but but anyway, um, I was headed up there and I got caught up and I ended up in Saratoga on Highway Nine, Doctor Baker. <laughs> oh, and I was just the driver. I said, oh, directions. <laughs> Wait a minute. I knew I've been to Prayer Mountain for 25, 25 more years going up there. Here I am headed in the opposite direction on Highway 9. I had to go all the way back across, get back on 17. And I finally got there and they had the worship music going. Holy Spirit was on me. And he tucked me to Isaiah 65 and began to teach from the from the um, the verse where it says uh, about the uh, what the cluster being in the great and uh, the great in the in other words let me read it to you but thus saith the lord as the new wine is found in the cluster and one saith destroyeth it not for a blessing is in it so i will do for my servant's sake that i may not destroy all and i'm not going to go any further than that because this thing is so full and so we find god is telling us that in the in the crushing of the great it can only happen when we're together. One grape is not going to provide the generation's moisture or an influence that's going to help them get to the next place. So God has called all of us into the crushing place or what I call the loving room or what I call the changing room where you change from being you into being him. But what happens is unless the grapes are crushed, what's inside of them remains a mystery or a secret to the generation. And the thing that's in the grape is to influence the culture. Because when you have a one grape, it doesn't, you can't get drunk off one grape. And if you've ever seen drunk people, it cha they change the way they act. They slur, they get bold, they walk sideways and crooked, talk crazy. So what that means is that particular wine had an influence on their behavior. So God says the reason the church has not had an influence on this culture because they won't let me crush them and they don't have the influence that I want them to have because they refuse the hand that crushes them into that thing that causes them to lose their identity. He said, because the blessing is in the cluster of the great. The word cluster is a very interesting word. It's the word, uh, uh, are you ready for this? It's the word that speaks of, uh, watch this. I'm gonna go right to it so you can see what I'm saying. It speaks of testicles. He said, when we come together, the testicle is where the sperma of God is created, the seed. He says, we've been trying to elect political candidates and people who don't know God to do what God can only do.
But when the people come into this pressing place, then what will happen, the sperma of God, the seed of God, will have a company of people that can carry it in a righteous manner because they've been crushed. See, and the blessing is in the cluster, not in the grape, but in the cluster of grapes. You see, and so there's a lot. Let me go. Let me finish this thing, because see what happens is this is the crushing room. And what everybody's done is avoid this room. You can tell they've avoided it because everybody's got their own vision, their own dream, their own idea, and no one can blend. And now watch what happens. The prophet was teaching son. He says, here's what happens when you get ready to do grapes, to turn them into wine. You crush the grape and then you add yeast to the, the grapes. And I said, why would you add yeast? He said, because what yeast does, it removes the sugar from the grape so it doesn't ferment before it's time. So it can be set aside for the master's use and only presented at the wedding of Cana. I'll show you this, how this John chapter two ties into this. And so what happens is, is that you put the yeast in, in, the, in, in the wine and what does the yeast begin to do, Dr. Baker? It begins to eat the sugar. It begins to absorb the sugar. So all that playful things that are in us get eaten up by the yeast so the wine stays pure. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is why God's called us. He said, come boldly, because I there's a wine that will influence this generation. There's an influence I want you to be filled with so you can begin to influence your neighborhood and your culture and your marriage and your home and your children. It only comes after the crushing. And he said, don't be afraid to allow your God to crush you. Let me give you another, uh, uh, let me show you this in another way. Now, this to me is highly important. It's because uh, uh, we're trying to do um, things in a ways that use intelligence. And we want to, we're educating everybody to be intelligent and we're, we're getting them to do, don't get mad at me, the Hebrew and the Greek, that's not going to bring any transformation to anybody. I'm not against it, but it doesn't bring, it brings education, but no transformation. Uh, and here's what it says here in the scripture. Jesus was on the cross. Now, let me show you something here. I'm going to say something here that's going to be provocative. When Jesus was on the cross in Mark 15, 2, they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh. And he received it not. Why? Because Jesus was the new wine skin. He could not receive the old wine in his skin. And what Jesus was developing on the cross was a new wine skin called the sons of God, where God would pour out the new wine. See, and we tried to pour the new wine in the church. We tried to pour the new wine in our building. We tried to pour the new wine in our jets, in our cars, in our rings, in our homes, in our possession. We tried to pour the new wine into our flesh. We tried to pour the new wine into things that God not intended for us to pour this wine. But the new wine, the reason the new wine is to be poured, it only gets poured into the sons of God. See, the sons of God is the new wineskin and the Pharisees and Levitical and all that does not fit. You can't pour it into this wineskin. And some say, well, the oil is still good to me. I don't want this kingdom wineskin. Well, the kingdom wineskin are the sons of God who come before the father to be crushed for purpose. 
unless we are broken and crushed on purpose, that means we did not surrender in Luke, I mean, in Romans chapter two, we lied when we said we were a living, but if you were a living sacrifice, then you would be crushed so that you could have an influence. Let me go here to uh, John chapter two. Can I, can I interject something so that you yeah. can take this into there? As yeah. you said, the new wine, see, we're trying, we have been trying to, we have been continuously pouring, trying to pour the new wine into the old mine. And it can't be. This is the reason that you just mentioned Romans 12. We have to, he says, be, uh, he says, do uh, be be uh, uh, transformed in the renewness of your mind. That this you you have to be transformed from that old mind into that new mind until and otherwise the wine will not pour into that mind. And so we've been trying to use it, uh, and and it doesn't mix. This is what he's talking about when this bursts the wine scans. It will, because, it, will burst, it will burst and you will lose God's intentions for you that's drinking right, that's right. that wine because that wine is not supposed to make you look better. It's supposed to prepare you to make him look better. That's right. By presenting a more greater influence, not of you, but of him upon the earth. That's it. That's it. And I just, had, I just had to throw that in there because it oh, says yeah, powerful, powerful. Being, yeah, being, being renewed in that mind. That's why he says, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that renewal of the mind is that new wine. That new wine will be poured into into that mind. And then you will have a, a understanding. You'll have a kingdom, a true kingdom understanding of what prosperity is, what riches is, what honor is, and then being uh, qualified to handle his wealth. But you can't do any of it. We can't do any of it until there's a renewal of that mind so oh, that so that wine can be poured in. That's right. Very important point because, see, we're asking questions without the influence of the new wine, which means I will never be able to get through to you if you got this old wine and you're trying to put it in this wine, new wine skin, because in just a few moments or a little bit of time, your wine skin is going to burst and you're going to spill out all the things God intended for you to have that influence your marriage, your family, your home, your community and the world at large, because you didn't want to be a son. You want to be a member of a church rather than a son of God. And many people have taken their religion too far, rejected the kingdom of God, and God can't use or pour any new thing in. That's why they don't want to receive any new revelation, because they're still stuck over in the old wineskin saying, oh, I got far with this. I don't need anything to take me further. That's the furthest thing from God's mind is to leave you where you are. Let me give you this here. This is so powerful to me. It's interesting that Jesus is going to a wedding in Cana. Uh, with all of his disciples, he took all of them. He wanted to show them something. This is, I want you to hear what he said. And, 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 and the third day, there was a marriage in Cana, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, let me take it and get it into my regular Bible here so I can show you that, that what's really written here is for you to, uh, and you and I to understand where we are. The third day represents the kingdom age. Remember, the outer court is the age of law. The inner court is the age of Pentecost or the church age. And the third age, which we're in right now, is the kingdom age. Now watch, Jesus is giving us a parable. Why not? I wouldn't say even a parable. He's giving us an example of where we are. Here it is. In the third day, there was a marriage in Cana 
of Galilee. Now watch this, it's so cool to me when I read this. And, uh, and the mother of Jesus was there, watch this. And both Jesus uh, was called his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, watch this, when they wanted a different influence, when they wanted to be influenced, that's what that means. Uh, that's what wine does, it makes you act a fool uh, if you drink too much of it. And a lot of Christians are saying, that Jesus drank, but Jesus was a Nazarite. He couldn't drink wine. He couldn't cut his hair and he couldn't drink wine. That's part of why he was Jesus of Nazareth. Now, come on, stop lying on him and telling everybody he drank. Now, move on out of here. And he says, uh, because he had to be untainted with any, any kind of influence other than the Holy Spirit while he was on his assignment with God. Now, let me go on here. And, and watch this. He said that the, we, they have no wine. Watch what Jesus, he set this up. He says, and Jesus said, Mother, Whatever I had to do with thee, my hour is not yet come. What, what he was saying, my hour to influence has not come. That's, the cross is, I'm not ready to go. The change will come when I watch this. But he says this, and his mother says to the servants, whatever he say unto you, do it. Watch what he does. He's getting ready to give us the truth right here. And he said, uh, and there were six, there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of purifying the Jews. In other words, they clean people up with this water. Purifying water. Y'all don't want to hear this thing. Watch this. Watch this. And he says, containers of, uh, uh, of three firkins apiece. Watch this. Jesus said, to fill, up, fill the water pots with water. And they filled it up to the brim. Watch this. Watch this. And then he said unto them, draw out and go bear unto the governors of the feast. He said, go ahead and take these water pots that you fill with water and take them to the governor of the feast. And they did. And when the ruler of the feast tasted the water that was made wine, when was the water made wine? When the servants carried it. That's you and I. Okay, now watch. And, and watch this. And they knew not whence it come, but the servants withdrew the water and knew uh, that the governor of the feast called the, uh, the bridegroom. He says, he said unto him, every man at the beginning that set forth good wine, and when the men have well drunk, that means under a different influence, great influence, they don't know whether the wine is good or bad now because they're drunk. Uh, he says, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. And he says, and this was the beginning of miracles that Jesus did in Canaan and Galilee and was manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on it. He didn't do any miracles. His disciples carried the water. His disciples were uh, the servants of the house, carried the water. And because they carried it, they God's power worked while he, they were carrying. See, if you don't carry yourself into this place of change, then your water is not going to be able to bring anybody any refreshing. So the wine wasn't for the people in the in the wedding anymore to get drunk. This wine was to show us that when you get the new wine poured into sonship into his servants, it can influence a generation. This is generational. In other words, it's not a party anymore. It's not just a wedding influence. It's an influence he was demonstrating that in the days ahead, it would be his service that would be changing water and the wine. And, and when they drink, it won't be drinking as you suppose. Uh, wine, when they went out on the upper room and ran out into the streets, they thought they had been drinking. He said, this ain't that kind of wine. This is the wine that was produced at the wedding of Cana that's going to influence the generations. So Jesus is trying to get us into the, go back to that picture in the Holy of Holies. What we have about one minute. 
and we don't even have a minute. Let let's we hold that. Okay. Let, let, let's uh, hold that, and oh, we'll yeah. start we right here. Yeah, we'll hold. Jesus. We'll start right here, exactly right here, uh, on our next program. If wow. this has been any, uh, and I know it has today, I uh, I encourage you to seed into this today to send an offering uh, uh, because this has been. If you didn't, get, if you if you if you didn't get, if you didn't get wet on this one, then there is there is no hope for you. This is Apostle Baker J Baker. Uh, who is a doctor in psychology and my brother, I mean, my baby brother, baby brother, Apostle Calvin Cook that has the wisdom that um, God is just pouring into him. And we're going to be back next week when we're here to tell it like it is the kingdom way. So keep your mind, make sure, why don't you just watch parts of this next week before we start so that you can catch it on because we're going to start right here. Bye-bye, everybody. We're out of time. Bye.